Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, the message today I want to take as a text from Genesis chapter 1 and verse 5. Now, God sees things different than we do, and uh, it really even shows up immediately in the book of Genesis at the end of the, the uh, first, well, even the end, the end of the fifth verse of the Bible. It says, so there was evening and there was morning on the first day. We typically think of things just the opposite. We think there's morning and there's a new day. And then eventually evening comes. But God's days start with an evening. I can say it this way. God's days start in the dark and then brings the light. And that is so true when it comes to our lives. We, we, we tend to think that we're Christians and we love God and everything's just going to be bright all the time. But the truth is that very often there is an enemy of your soul besides the fact that we simply live in a negative world. And Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 7. He said that there's rains, there's winds, and there's floods that come against the house of your life and try to bring it down. There are dark times that show up in our life. But when the dark times show up, we tend to think it's going to be dark forever. But that is not true at all. This is what Job said. Now, those of you who don't know the story, right? Uh, right in the middle of your Bible is the book of Psalms. And right before it, there's a book called Job. Most people have never read the book. I think it's because they think it's the book of Job. And they're just kind of like, I'm staying away from that book about jobs. But it's about a guy named Job. He's very wealthy, but he loses all of his wealth. He loses his family in, a, in a, basically a tornado. And then he ends up with boils covering his body. And he's, he's sitting in some ashes. He's got a piece of broken pottery. And he's scraping the boils and the pus that's coming out of them. And this is what he said. He said, I will never again experience pleasure. I've been assigned to long, weary nights of misery. I'll never again experience pleasure. And I've just been assigned to long, weary nights of misery. There's a lot of people that they look at their life and they say, it's dark and it's never going to get light again. And they think, this is, good. This is what the rest of my life is going to be like. I'm never going to have a break. I'm never going to experience pleasure. All I've got is, is this, this terrible condition that I'm in right now. However, I want you to know about Job. First of all, I, I've met people who say, well, I'm like Job. I'm just in this dark, dark, dark time, like it's going to be forever. Bible scholars all agree that the book of Job, from when he falls to when he's restored, takes somewhere between three and nine months, maximum. Three and nine months. So if you're going to be Job, it's all right that you're in a dark time. But realize that you've got to come out of darkness into light. And the Bible says that God turned capti Job's captivity and gave him twice as much as he had before. Twice as much as he had before. God gave him double for his trouble. And so often we think 
It's dark and it's going to be dark forever. But it, that, that is not the case. I'm, I'm thinking it was uh, in 1933, just down here in South Bend, Indiana. Studebaker was there. And if I remember right, it was in July. The, uh, the CEO, a Studebaker, commits suicide. And the reason he committed suicide was he thought we're going into receivership and things are going to be bad forever. Not realizing that Studebaker's best days were still ahead. He looked at how dark it was and thought it's going to be dark forever. But listen, God's days start in the dark. And what that tells me is that God's going to take you out of that darkness and bring you into light. The Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. I was thinking about Moses. Now, Moses is actually a Hebrew, a Jew, who's been brought up in Pharaoh's house. But his heart turns towards the Hebrews, and he wants to help them. And he sees a, a Hebrew being mistreated by an Egyptian, and the Bible says that he, he killed him. He literally, he murdered him. And, and he, he goes literally, and he has to flee the country. He, he becomes like the most wanted criminal in Egypt, and he flees the country. And he's living out in the desert for 40 years alone on the backside of the desert. But what was happening was God was preparing him and developing him and bringing humility and trust and faith into his life. And then God brings him back, takes him out of that darkness, and he delivers the children of Israel. He brings them through the Passover, through the Exodus, through the Red Sea, to the time of manna in the wilderness, and God uses him in a tremendous way to deliver his people. Now, there was a time that it was dark, but God took that darkness and God brought him into a time of marvelous light. I think about Esther. Now, this young, this young girl is, a, is just a child when Israel is captured by the Babylonians. In fact, the city is captured. Her parents are killed. She's an orphan. They take her to a foreign country. She is an oppressed minority. It's dark. She is taken to the king's palace, not by any choice of her own, but as a beautiful young girl, she's taken there literally to become a sex slave of the king. It is dark, but God shines his light. She has favor. She becomes the queen of the nation and delivers her people from the devil's evil scheme. Just like Job, she had thought, I'll never again experience pleasure. I've been assigned to long nights of misery just to be used. But God turned that darkness into light. Joseph is 17 years old. He's hated by his brothers. They can't even speak peaceably to him. They take him, they beat him up, they throw him in a pit. He's betrayed, he's sold as a slave. There as he's serving as a slave, his master's wife tries to seduce him. He refuses, she lies and falsely accuses him of attempted rape. He ends up in a dungeon. It's dark, but God, the Bible says, gave him favor and wisdom and God lifted him up. And listen, he woke up one morning, he's in a dungeon and he's a prisoner. That night, because God gave him wisdom and favor, 
He goes to bed as the prime minister of the most powerful nation on the face of the earth. And this is what it tells me every time I go through this story. God can get you anywhere in 24 hours. Your circumstances that you're in today, as dark as they are, can be totally 100% the opposite in 24 hours. He ends up ruling a nation and saving his people. David has an affair with a married woman. And when she becomes pregnant to cover it up, he has her husband killed. But he turns back to God and God says, he's a man after my own heart. Jesus in Matthew chapter seven says this as he's concluding the, the sermon on the Mount. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings in mine and does them, I'll liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rains descend, the floods come, the winds blew, beat against that house, and it didn't fall, for it was founded on a rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, I'll liken him to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descend, the floods came, the wind blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So often we think, well, I'm a Christian. I love God. I should never have any trouble. But that is not what Jesus said. Jesus said the same winds, the same floods are going to beat against that house. The winds are going to come. But if your life, your house is built on the rock, Jesus said you will stand and you will come through. Elijah, the great prophet of God, is up on Mount Carmel. He prays and fire comes down from heaven. He kills the false prophets. And he's coming down from the Mount of Victory. And the evil queen Jezebel sends word and says, tomorrow you're going to be as dead as any of those prophets. And literally a cloud descends on him. He's fearful. He goes into a place of depression and he gets suicidal. He literally says, God, just kill me, kill me, kill me. In his mind, everything is dark. But he becomes a hero of faith. He raises up his protege, Elisha, who literally, the Bible says, had a double anointing, did double, double the miracles, and had twice the impact that he ever had. God turned that darkness into light. In 2 Kings, is the story of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a godly king. It says, in, this, in those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said, thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you will surely die and not live. Now, for those of you who don't know, this guy, Isaiah, he's the guy that wrote part of the Bible. So the guy who writes the Bible says, set your house in order, thus says the Lord, you'll die. Dark. That's about as dark as it can get. And he turned his face towards the wall and prayed to the Lord saying, remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I've walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court. Couldn't have been more than 10 minutes that the word of the Lord came to him saying, return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears and surely I will heal you. And on the third day, you'll go up to the house of the Lord and I will add to your days 15 years. It was dark, but it became light. 
Think about the, the 23rd Psalm. It's probably the, the, the best known of all of David's writings and of all the Psalms, maybe the best known part of the entire Bible. David wrote and said, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. Now notice this, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Notice the same God that makes you lie down in green pastures, leads you beside still waters, restores your soul, and leads you in the paths of righteousness. That same God said, I will be with you in the valley of the shadow of death. See, we tend to think when we don't see God moving that God's not doing anything. I'm thinking of the book of Esther. It's in the Bible, by the way. You know that. It is the only book in the Bible where God's name is not mentioned not one time. But you know what? God's moving. He's moving in great, great ways to deliver his people. Because you and I don't see God moving does not mean that God is not moving. And when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we're just wanting him to have us lie down besides the green pastures and lead us besides the still waters. But when you go through the valley of the shadow of death, he said, I will be with you. And I love what happens afterwards. He said, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. After we go through the valley of the shadow of death, God's got a table. He's going to deliver you. He's going to bring you into that bright place. And then the sixth verse, I call this my, my father-in-law's verse. Right? It says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, my mother-in-law, her name is Shirley. My father-in-law, his name is Bill. He wanted to name the first two girls goodness and mercy. So he could say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, Psalm 4, verse 1. Enlarge, listen, enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. He said, you enlarged me when I was in distress. Listen, it's in times of distress that we grow. Got that? You grow in those times of distress. Listen to Romans 5. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Now, tribulation really means the problems, the difficulties, the circumstances, everything that comes against you in this life is referred to as tribulation. He says we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Here's what it's saying. It says you grow in the hard times. You grow in the rough times. You grow when you grow through the valley of the shadow of death. We tend to think, we, we just want everything to be easy all the time. But it's not going to be. But what the devil means for destruction, God will turn around for your good. And it's really kind of like a weightlifter who's laying on a bench. 
and they take the weight off and the weight comes down. Now, if all that happens is the weight comes down, it crushes them. But if they push it away, they grow stronger. And that's what happens with the tribulations of this life. We can let the tribulations of this life just fall on us and crush us. Or we can grab hold of the word of God and we can push that tribulation away. We can grab hold of God's promises and God's word. And when we push it away, we become stronger. That tribulation, it produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. Daniel is a Hebrew, but he's serving in the Babylonian empire. They produce a new law, his enemies. And the new law says no one can pray to anyone except for the king for 30 days. Now, Daniel's enemies know that every day he goes home and he opens his window and he prays towards Jerusalem. So when he knows the new law says he can't, he goes home. Now, all he had to do was pull the shades, but he didn't. He left him open, got down on his knees and prayed. Well, the penalty was the lion's den. So he's thrown into the lion's den. And the king realizes the terrible mistake that he's made. And he goes in the morning and he cried out in a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke and said, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? And Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. He said, my God sent his angel and closed the lion's mouth. The king said this. He delivers God. That's our God. He delivers. He rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. And he had the power to deliver Daniel from the power of the lions. Daniel had three Hebrew friends. And these three friends were also serving in that same empire. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, builds an image 90 feet tall. And I believe that it's nine feet wide. And he said, when we play music, everybody fall down and worship my image. Those three children said, we are not going to worship your image, O king. And the king said, well, if you don't, I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hand? And those three Hebrew children said this, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Well, the king was furious, threw them in the fiery furnace and looks in there and he calls his counselors and he says, didn't we just throw three men in there? And they said, yes, king. He said, but I see four men loosed, walking in the midst of the fire and they're not hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of man or the son of God. And it was, Jesus got in the fiery furnace with those three Hebrew young men. And when you and I go into a fiery furnace, Jesus shows up. He shows up and he delivers. They bring those three men out and they check them. They're not burnt. Their hair isn't singed. They smell their clothes and they don't even smell like smoke or fire. 
And the king said, there is no God who can deliver like this. He says, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. I, I love what the psalmist wrote. He said, to God, the Lord belong escapes from death. God delivered them. When we're in the midst of that furnace is when Jesus shows up. People cannot determine your destiny. Bad breaks can't determine your destiny. Not circumstances or giants or injustice. Keep believing God. Keep on pressing in. Jesus said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. So this is what I want you to understand. That you just don't sit back and see what happens. No, the Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You have got to stand up and you've got to say, I'm part of the kingdom. And devil, you have no right to do what you're doing to my body, to my family, to my finances. No, you don't, devil. No, you don't. See, you cannot be passive. See, we, we have way too many people who, who, who literally just think, oh, I'm just going to sit back and whatever happens, happens. I love 2 Timothy 2.26, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive to do his will. Now, notice what? They're taken captive to do his, Satan's will. Why? Because their will is passive. You cannot be passive, right? You've got to take heart and you've got to stand up and you've got to resist what Satan is trying to bring into your life and into your family. In Isaiah 61, it says this, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, you shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double and everlasting joy shall be theirs. Notice for your shame, you will have what? Double. I like to say it this way. The greater the pain, the greater the reward. The devil tells you your best days are over. And God says, no, this is night, but daytime's coming. And it's going to shine like the noonday sun. Your best days are still to come. He'll give you the oil of joy for mourning and beauty, the Bible says, for ashes. Joseph woke up in that dungeon, but God put his light and his favor and his wisdom on him. And he went to bed a prime minister. His light shone. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now, this one you can write down. You should write this down. There is no such thing as untested faith. There is no such thing as untested faith. We just want to go through life with no problems, with no tests, but that's not how it works, right? Job thought, I'll never experience pleasure again. I've just been assigned to long nights of misery. But when God turned his captivity, God gave him double. And I believe it's a, spirit, it's, a, it's a spiritual pattern. We go, we start out dark, but God brings the light. God's days begin in the dark, but they get lighter and lighter. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, let me close with this. We find David, King David, goes into his darkest day. The Bible says this, that while he was gone, the enemy came and they burned the city with fire. 
And they had taken captive the women that were there, both small and great. They didn't kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. The Amalekites had invaded, stolen their families, their wives, their children, all their possessions, and left. And David, the Bible says when they got there, he and his people, they just began to weep until they had no more power to weep. And the people are in distress. And they literally, they talk about stoning David. They want to do something, but they don't know what to do. They want to stone David. And the Bible says that David sought the Lord. And God said to him, pursue the truth and you will overtake them. And without fail, you will recover all. So David begins to pursue the enemy. And the Bible says that of his 600 men, 200 were so tired, they could not keep going. So David pursues with the 400. He overtakes the enemy. He attacks them, right? But he recovers all. And this is, there was nothing of theirs that was lacking, neither small nor great, son or daughter, spoil or anything that they had taken. David recovered all. Then David took all the flocks in the herds. They had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. Here's what happened. David not only got back everything that he'd lost, but David got back everything that the enemy possessed to start with. And literally what happened, it went from the worst day of his life to three days later, he's coming back. He has recovered all. In addition He's gotten a multitude of goods. And in a matter of a couple of days, he's crowned king of Judah. He's been waiting for it since he was 15 years old. It went from the worst day of his life to the best day of his life. You may be in a dark spot today and you may think just like Job, I'll never have pleasure again. I've just been assigned to days and nights of misery and loneliness. But God is about to turn your captivity. He's about to bless you. He's about to deliver you. He's about to bring a blessing and a change in your life. But what you and I need to do is we need to grab hold of what God says. That's what David did. He got a word from God and he said, you pursue and you can recover all. Get a word from God and stand on that word. When the kingdom of God suffers violence, the violent take it by force. Isaiah said, no weapon formed against you will prosper, but every tongue, every tongue, every giant, every circumstance that rises up against you, you shall condemn. You need to speak what God says about that situation, not what the enemy says, not what appearances are. And this Bible says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me. There is a breakthrough for you. There is a reversal for you. That darkness can be turned into light. And when you go through that rough time, you grow. You end up with greater confidence, endurance, resolve, faith, and compassion that enables you to go to another level. David said, you've enlarged me. You've enlarged me in that time of distress. And as you and I grab hold of God's promises, we will be enlarged. We'll come out stronger. We'll come out better than we were when we went in. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Father, I thank you for each person 
that's here today, that the word of God has been sown into these hearts. And Father, I put my faith in agreement with them. Lord, those that are online, those that are here. Father, we agree for breakthrough, for a reversal. We come against the plans of the enemy in Jesus' name, and we break your power. And we say, Father, let there be double. Let there be blessing. Let the kingdom of God flow righteousness, peace, joy, victory into every heart and every life in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.